We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. I've, I've watched a lot of things about them, and after a while you get the idea and then you're just talking. And so I'm just not a serious, it works for other people people and churches and pastors but it don't work for me so I'm probably going to do a lot of fast talking tonight how many of y'all can listen brother Jamie I'm glad to see you been traveling just glad you're home amen we're glad to see brother Jamie home sister Crystal brother Randy was traveling over the weekend and some others I see I hadn't seen in a little bit and uh, it's just good to see you Y'all are all right. Sister Brenda, it's good to see you and your mother and your sister. And is there, did, I miss, did I miss anybody? And, of course, hey, right there behind Tony, Brother Tony, just perfect. I mean, just hidden right behind it is Marissa. And uh, just so good to see all of y'all. And uh, I love you. Thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord. I say again, you are the best. So if you can listen fast, we're going to get all this in, but I want to make sure we do hear what we say. And if we have to just quit, we will. And so uh, we'll go to the book of Psalm, chapter 103. Go to the 103rd Psalm. I know it's a little warm in here. We had a main breaker throw. I came and turned the air on at about 3 o'clock, and something happened somewhere. But the, I mean the main over the, everything, the whole front of the building, all the AC units. Uh, went off and they called me about 5.45, 6 o'clock and it was 76 or 78 degrees in here. So uh, I apologize for that but did not know it. So uh, I hope you cool down in a hurry. And I'm saying that because I'm fixing to be coming out of this jacket real quick. And I'm just kind of setting it up for that. So Psalm 103 and 1 through 8. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I already like it. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Oh, what a God. What a God. I'll take my title and our thought for the evening from verse number two. We'll just read that verse one more time. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We're pretty good at that. But here's what I want to talk about tonight. And forget not all his benefits. That explains the pothole. The enemy would do everything he could. Folks, I don't give him much credit. I really don't. I don't think the devil's in everything, but I think he is in that pothole. <laughs> and so I'm going to just talk to us tonight on this thought, 
the benefits of salvation. All right? We all want to go to heaven. But we got to live before we get there. So I want to talk to us tonight about the benefits of salvation. If it's your wife or someone that you feel comfortable with, take the hand of the one beside you, lay a hand on somebody's shoulder, don't do anything out of the way, out of order, but get a hold of somebody, a friend, somebody you love. Let's lift a hand towards heaven or lay a hand on their shoulder and ask for the Lord to touch them to hear it and understand it. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the singing, the praise, and the worship. You're a mighty God. You're our Savior, our King, our Master. You're returning for us soon, Lord, and we want to be ready. But between now and then, Lord, we want to know who we're serving and what a great and mighty God you are and what a wonderful friend. Just ask you to move us with your message. Let us hear it, understand it, and respond to it. In Jesus' mighty name, we declare it done. Come on, somebody say amen with me and love him. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. If we were just to talk about that particular verse, that last sentence, the Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy, that would be incredible. I mean, it would just, that would be incredible. I want to give you one more reading and then I want to just teach for a little bit. Found in Acts 19, it's six verses. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Look at your neighbor. Say, Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Some folks think believing is enough, but there's more. It's kind of like a sham wow. There's more. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? If you don't know about the Holy Ghost, how were you baptized? It stunned Paul. And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized. They'd already been baptized once, but when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Oh, my goodness. We should notice that Paul told these disciples that there was more to receive from the Lord. Now, they were believers in Scripture. They were even disciples. Now, notice this. They were disciples. They were believers. But the Lord spoke to Paul. Paul being in the right place at the right time. He speaks to them. Thank you, Brother, brother Jim Garut. What a time we're going to have on Sunday. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hey, y'all don't expect some big long ceremony. They want to get to the eating real quick. 
<laughs> That's going to be right after service. going to be a wonderful time, Brother Jim, Sister Donna. I'm proud of both of you. And I'm in your corner. And, I, and like, like the police and the military say, I got you six. Amen. Amen. So we, we should notice that Paul tells these disciples uh, there's more than believing. How many times have you heard somebody say, I'm a believer? It would be absolutely in order if the time is right and it's in the right place where maybe something can be birthed out of that conversation. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And we gotta understand something. These were disciples. These weren't just any old bodies. These were disciples. They, they were doing everything they knew to do. Watch this right here. So he acknowledges uh, that disciples need help. Now, I looked one more time, as I've studied it before, but wanted to make sure that disciple right here meant something. And it means something just as I thought it did. It means an educated and learned follower. It's not just somebody ignorantly in the dark saying, oh, I believe Jesus, I'm saved, and their life never changes. They move on. These are people that they're learned. They're followers. They are educated about who Jesus is. So Paul recognizes them and he tells them, you've got education, but there's more. There's more. Let me paraphrase Paul for a few moments. He said, awesome, y'all are believers but I want you to have more. I want you to have all the benefits of believing. You can be a believer and have no benefits, but then you can be a believer and have all the benefits. It matters how deep your faith and belief goes in the Lord Jesus. People all over everywhere say, I'm a believer. You've never seen anything about their life change. They're still believers but have they received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Most of us have talked to people that uh, are going into a new career, a new career choice or education uh, or employment of some type, and they felt the need to justify the reason. Now, I've talked to people that were gonna be school teachers, and they said, you know what? It don't pay a whole, whole lot when you first start. They've said that, and I think good teachers that teach good things and teach truth ought to be rewarded better than they are. But I've heard people say, I want to be a teacher. And then they feel the need to justify why they want to be a teacher. You've got the next 4, 8, 10, 12, 16 years ahead of you. You can get an associate's degree, a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate, a doctorate plus 30. I mean, you can go on and on. You can be anything you want to be. You're 18. You know, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be a teacher. And somebody said, well, you know, they don't pay a whole lot. And they say, but when you figure the benefits... I've heard military people say that. I've heard police officers say that. I've heard a lot of different people say, no, I'm not going to get rich. But in time, the payday will start coming. But until then, you can't beat the benefits of the post office.
whether it be federal or state or, or whatever, when the benefits kick in, yeah, we all take jobs for the paycheck. We get that. We're all living for God so we can make heaven our home and spend eternity with Jesus Christ and Miss Hell. That is established. I mean, we don't have to justify the reason we want to be saved. But too many times, and the writer, several writers, thought it important for us to note in our hearts and our minds, don't ever forget the earthly benefits of eternal salvation. And so we don't have to explain tonight. We want to go to heaven. We want to be saved. We don't want to live forever outside the presence of the Lord. We, we, don't, even want to, we, we don't even have to talk about hell. We want to go to heaven. But I want some people to know today that there are some benefits that come along with this entire package of living for God that we should never forget. Amen, amen. The ultimate goal is the payday, streets of gold, walls of jasper, tears wiped away from forever, no more enemy, no more challenges, no more death, no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow. We get that. But some people seem to roll through life almost with a chip on their shoulder trying to live for God but always mad about something. It's like you forgot your benefits. Some folks I think would like to just go right on to heaven from the baptistry. <laughs> Once we have this great salvation experience, watch this. The first thing that comes to us is found in Acts 1 and 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Somebody listen to me. You were weak, but because you decided to make heaven your home on this earth, you've got power and a fresh authority that you've never had before in your life. You see, if you get deep enough in with both feet planted and your shoulders square, when the enemy comes with some temptation of the flesh or some lust of, of carnality, you will have the power to look at him and say, not today, devil, not on my watch, not while I'm here, not while I'm living for God, not on my wife, not on my children, not against my church family, not on my job. I will never do it. I I know the benefits and part of the benefits are I have the power to say no when it's time and say yes when it's time. One of the great benefits is power. You can look at Washington, D.C. and understand people don't run for office for money. However interesting it is, you can go in office worth 100000 and stay four or five years and make that same 100000 and come out worth $40 million without insider trading. They all do it, I guess. I don't know, but somehow you get rich. Make you want to run for office, don't it? Hey, but I want to tell you something. 
At the end of the day, there's one thing that everybody wants when they get there. They want power. They want their voice to mean something. They want an authority to be given to them by a pin on their collar and a seat at the table of conversation. But I'm going to tell you what the Lord said. He said, if you'll repent and be baptized, taking on my name in water baptism, I will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the first thing you're going to recognize is that your words carry weight. When you speak to the sick, something has to happen. When you speak into a situation, something has to change. When you speak over a problem, something. Somebody ought to praise him right now. The first promise you've got after the Holy Ghost is a power that starts from the inside. If you've got the Holy Ghost, whether you know it or not or whether you've exercised your power, you have power. Well, I just could hear that song, Sister Beckham, right then. Power. Filled with the Spirit. Woo. This old life's not a cakewalk, folks. If we're going to make it, we're going to have to be hooked up to some power somewhere. But one of the benefits, now I don't want to say this like it don't matter, like it's just in passing, but it's more than just going to heaven. You know, I've had people come talk to me a few times that, that really acted like they were worried about what the setting of heaven would be. We're just going to float around and fly around and never get to eat again and never get to see anybody or have conversation or go fishing or play golf. Pastor, that don't sound like heaven to me. I'm just like, well, before we figure out what heaven is, first of all, let me remind you what hell is. I'd rather float around in the power of authority than I had float around and the heat just keep pushing me up. That wasn't in my notes, that was free. First Thessalonians 1 and 6. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Somebody hear me right now. With joy of the Holy Ghost. You show me a person that's got power and they're joyful about it, I'll show you a person that's filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, has taken on the name of Jesus in water baptism. You can smile through the struggle. You can smile through the flat tire. You can smile through the job transfer. You can smile through the struggle. You can smile through the bankruptcy. There's some things on this side of heaven that make living for God worth it. It ain't just walls of jasper and just gates of pearl and just nail-scarred hands. There are some benefits of salvation that go above and beyond. Joy comes with salvation. The payday is heaven, but I sure want to be happy while I'm here. This joy that I have The world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. (laughs) 
There's never been a high that brought you joy that would stay. There's never been a drunk. There's never been a man. There's never been a woman. There's never been a child. There's never been anything that's been given to you in your life that circumstances couldn't cause that thing to cause you to frown and to be brought down a little bit. But it don't matter how low we are on the lowest day of our life when we have to say goodbye to the ones that we love. There's still something on the inside that says, I'm gonna see you again. I'll be there on the other side it's a joy death can't take it sickness can't take it the military can't take it politics can't take it the world cannot remove this joy that I have lamentations this is an entire book does everybody know what lamenting means It's the deepest weeping and sorrow and and literal heartache. I'm talking chest hurting, blood pressure high, 200 over 145. It's just, it's deep. The entire book of Lamentations, five chapters, is deep, heartfelt, painful, high blood pressure Strokish worry. Lamenting over what's happened. Uh, Right in the middle of history's most deeply worded and concerned lamenting. The writer in chapter 3 and verse 24 says, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him when I look back at everything that the enemy and hell has burped up in my pathway I can still say I have hope when struggle comes my way I have hope for another day I have hope for the future I have hope folks we only have hope we only have the guarantee of that while we're living for the Lord. How are we living for the Lord? We become Christian. How do you become Christian? You have his spirit living in you. How do you have his spirit? The promise is if you'll repent and be baptized and take on his name. That's a promise. See, only promise of salvation in the book. In the New Testament, you'll not find another promise If you will do this, this will happen. I can take all kind of stuff out of context, but but Acts 2, 37, 38, and 39 is the only place where it's promised. They said, how do we get it? Repent. Be baptized, every one of you. Under my eternal voice and words of reading, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sin, and ye shall, there's the promise. Woo, let me give you another one, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Folks, this is Paul, the greatest missionary of all times. He knows how to live for God. He's had an experience. He went from a, from a, a Jewish mafia murderer to have an experience with the Lord and the Lord led him to a man and when he got led to the man he said now what? He said now you gotta be baptized taking on the name of Jesus Paul. 
Paul submitted to that, was baptized. The Holy Ghost fell. He was filled with the Spirit. Thirteen books of the New Testament had started churches all over the then known world. And what does Paul have to say about this? He said, if all I had was hope in this life, I'd be of all men most miserable. He wasn't talking only about heaven, but he's talking about in this earth. I've been beaten. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beat up three times. I've been whipped. Somebody mentioned it, Brother Red, Wednesday night. All these bad things have happened if I had hope in men only. But you know what I've done? I've already been to the water. I've already been baptized. I've already been converted. And I feel like I got a hope that's beyond an ordinary hope. Woo. Well, that's an old choir song too. Well, I've already been to the water. And I've already been baptized. I've already been converted. And I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel all right. I've been changed in Jesus' name. And I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel all right. In that song back then, if we'd had pro presenter, it just said, now shout. Because that's exactly what would have happened. I've already been to the water. You want hope? Keep a spirit of baptism. Keep a spirit of repentance. Keep a spirit of prayer. You'll have joy, power, hope. Psalm 23 and 1. Sister Beckham, how much time do I have left? I've still got 20 minutes? Wow, I'm rolling. Psalm 23 and 1. We're going to do this thing. You listen? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in burn up, brown, stubby, stalky, dusty, green pastures. He leadeth me, not driveth me or pusheth me. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his, I'm sorry, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with all my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I won't want anything. I'll have good green pasture. He'll provide a meal even in front of my enemy. He'll restore my soul. He'll lead me. He'll bring righteousness for his own sake. I'll walk through the shadow of death but I won't fear why because there's an internal there's something moving on the inside of me living for God is worth it yeah. 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 Woo! what benefits 
You know, it don't start off paying real good. We only start out at about 42000 a year. But when you do the benefits package and, and all that, you know, we get you up there around around 60. And then, then by the time you retire, you're going to have a 401K. And you're going to have so much time. If you hadn't taken every opportunity to take off, you're going to be. I know a guy that, that quit work two years before his retirement. His name was Russell Sneed. He's a friend of mine. I pastored him in Cachetta, Louisiana because he didn't ever take off any days. He wasn't a sluffer and he worked for the state. He wasn't getting rich, but I can tell you what he done. Two years before retirement, he walked in one day and he said, taking some personal time. After 35 years, they had no right to call him. And he said, you know, if you want to, you can go ahead and put somebody in my place. But all those funeral days... All that personal time and all those sick days and all that vacation. I'm out. Over and out. Last call. Folks, there's some benefits. If we'll stay tuned. See, here's the problem though. Get in the church and you start piddling. Show up when you want to. Support what you want to. Love who you want to. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you will. I've been in church 40 years. Yeah, but let's look at them 40. Better be thankful you're still alive. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't mess around and play games and we put the time in, The Lord just usher us right on into glory. And he'll let the end be greater than the beginning. It's the benefits of really living for God. You can live for God or you can live for God. Ooh, let's look at another one, Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it, it what? See, some of us pray like beggars. Well, that's been working on me in every prayer meeting, in every service, in every altar call. Some of us pray. We come to the altar like beggars. We show up at prayer meeting like beggars. We show up at 5 a.m. giving a commitment of our time and having to get up at 4 to make the drive and show up and beg God. When he made one comparison, he said, Hey, if an if a earthly father knows to give good things... I mean, you ask a bread, you, you get a serpent. How, how much more do you think I can do, saith the Lord? If, ooh, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Now, don't, 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 don't kill the messenger here. Just receive the message. If we can do these three things in faith, ask, seek, and knock. Verse 8, it's like he wants to verify it. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. When I ask, I get a gift. When I look, I find something. When I knock, he answers or he responds. What is that? That is benefits of living for God. That's benefits. That's earthly benefits of a heavenly salvation. Well, watch this. 
His salvation is good for you. We read it. But watch this promise right here. Never, 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 ever in your whole life, please don't forget the benefits of Acts 2.39. We can all quote 38 and we live and die on it. But 39 says, for the promise is unto you unto your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. There is a promise of these same benefits. When I die, they don't go away, but they're extended to the next generation that was raised up in this thing. If they'll live it, then those children will take it. If they'll live it, then their children will take it. There's a benefit greater and further reaching than we'll ever know in this life. I can promise you that my great-grandmother on my mother's side, great-great-grandmother on my mother's side reading the Bible with no preacher and with no, no choir and no bass thumping and no air conditioning and padded pews, I can promise you that her testimony goes like this. I've read it all, and we get to Acts 2.38, and the Lord set it all up, and she said, Lord, if this is for me, give it to me. And somewhere in a shotgun room, And she passed it to my grandmother. And my grandmother passed it to my mother. And my mother passed it to me. And I passed it to my children. And my children have already passed it to their grandchildren. Why? Because it wasn't just good enough for her that day. It's good enough for whosoever will let him come. It's benefits of salvation in this life. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you're just living for this life. Folks, this life's just a vapor. It's just passing by. It comes and goes one good day, one bad day. But if I can stay rooted in the soul of another city, I will enjoy these benefits. Woo. Promise. Let me give you another one in Psalm 37 and 25. I have been young, David said, and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed. In case you don't know Bible terminology, that's his children. Begging for bread. David said it like this. I used to be a young man. And I didn't know anybody but young people. I didn't live long enough to see the elders pass and their children come up. He said, now I'm an old man. That would, that would, that would tend to make me believe he's seen grandpa and now his age group and their children. When I was young, I never saw anybody that was living for God, begging for bread. He established that. He said, now I'm an old man, and I've never seen their children. Kids, it's my time. I'm heading on out of here. But I want you to know something. 
Hillary's across the way, Lindsay and Kenzie sitting right here. All three of my girls are here tonight. So I'm going to tell you this. I don't know how much longer I've got to live. I got a few old collectibles. I got a few little pieces of silver stored away somewhere. I'd have to go find them just to look at them. I got some old guns stored away somewhere, and I'd have to go find them. I got a few nice things in this world, but I'm going to tell you something. You take all that stuff and melt it down, and it won't be worth anything compared to where I'll be. Take your sick leave. Invest in your 401k. Do what you got to do. But let me tell you something. If you want your children to reap the benefits of what you've invested in your life, then you got to invest it. You got to see to it. If you want them to be blessed, you make sure you're a blessing. Church, heaven's going to be great. Sister Beckham, I'm done. Heaven's going to be wonderful. Walls of jasper, gates of pearl, no pain, no sorrow, no sickness, no death, no separation, no anxiety, no fear. My Lord, help us. How, how great is that? That alone ought, ought to make every sinner run to an altar. And that's, and that's, and that's putting aside hell. A place where our mind will never die. And it'll be a place of eternal torment and separation from God and family. Can you imagine the anxiety of hell? Now get off that for a minute. I just want to bring that out for just a moment. I got to be saved. But not just to miss hell and not just to make heaven. I got to be saved because there's some benefits for whatever time I've got left on this earth. I ride a two-wheeler quite often. People die every day on them. If the Lord ever speaks to me, I'll sell it. But I've been riding one since I was a kid, and here I am today. But I want to tell you something. If tomorrow I'm removed from this earth, you better have some church when you say goodbye. Don't come in here pouting and moaning and wondering if the church will survive. It was here before I got here. And if time stands, it'll be here a long time after I'm gone. And the Lord will heal and deliver and make a way where there seems to be no way because I know I've invested in the next generation. Y'all ain't gonna hurt my feelings if you get happy about that. Come on, somebody. He said up on this rock, I build my church. Not Hathcock or Henry or Fuller, Anders, Red, Emerson, or Mitchell, or Broadus, or Bradshaw. He said up on this rock. He didn't say Wings or Webb. Or Spurgeon, he said, I and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, we've seen that too many times as an onslaught of hell and the church in some defensive posture all the time. That ain't what the Bible's talking about. Hell is in a defensive posture, it will not prosper the onslaught of heaven we're going to have a great revival and hell can't stop it 
It'll pick a few off. The Bible even says it. A few simple. Those that just allow a little bit of bitterness and a little bit of hurt and pain and, and a little something to come in their heart. There'll be some picked off. Spiritually simple. Because they never bought in. But to those of us that can do our best to keep a sound spiritual mind and walk for Him and walk with Him and walk behind Him and know who's leading and who's following. There'll be joy in this life. There's a couple of sins that the Lord calls an abomination. You know, He's an equal God. He's a God that's just. There's a couple of sins that the Bible calls an abomination and I've done some research on it because one of the ones that that I hate and I I rebuke every opportunity that I get. The Bible said, He that soweth discord among the brethren shall be broken with no remedy. And this one is an abomination unto God. Abomination carries some heavy weight. It means not only... You're going to be lost and go to hell, but you're going to pay the price in this life. He said the seventh of these things God hates and it's an abomination. So when people go around sowing discord, trying to get one brother against another and a sister and and always drama and flaring up and trying to create a problem, you're going to pay in this life before hell. You're going to pay. Boy, that, that was received right there. Somebody took that in as a word. And the same God that says, while you're lifting your brother, while you're loving me and, and lifting me up, I'm going to pay you in this life. You're going to be blessed in the field, blessed in the city, blessed on the road. He said to one man, he said, you think you're getting rich, but you don't even know you got holes in your pocket. He said to another one, you've invested the widow's might. I'm going to multiply it. Good measure. Press down. Shake it together. And run it over. The benefits of salvation are not only beyond well done. We need to start living like that. We need to live Right in the smack dab middle of God's will and God's purpose. And everything we do, do unto the Lord. Do it with a healthy fear. See, when the Bible says fear the Lord, some folks wake up every morning and they wonder, is this the day he's going to strike me dead? Because that's not what the Bible's talking about. It's a a reverence. It's a healthy fear. Be careful. Tread lightly. Do what's right. Folks, if he's looking to knock us all in the head, none of us would have made it here because our mamas and daddies wouldn't have been here. Forget what you've done. You'd never been born. After Adam, he'd have washed his hands. He at least let them start over. And the first natural born child we know of, there was a murder. Oh, 
tell me humanity is naturally good. That's why we can't live in the natural, carnal ways of this flesh. We've got an idemic, a first man nature. That's why we've got to be born again. It's why that second birth, that second breaking through the water. Break through the water first time and the doctor pats you on the backside and says, he's going to be all right. You break out the second time and the Lord says, Dada boy, now you got a promise. It's a new birth experience. Come on, singers. I could catch another gear right here. Come on. There's benefits of salvation. And I don't mean beyond and above eternity in heaven as we know it, but that go above and beyond eternity as our knowledge. There's benefits of salvation that are more, maybe not weightier, but more than streets of gold. More than walls of jasper. More than gates of pearl. More than nail-scarred hands. There are people in here that would shout and dance when you start preaching about heaven. But there's things on this side of heaven that ought to just excite every single one of us. If I really seek, if I really knock, if I really ask, if my faith is pure, my reasons are pure. Let's stand together all over this building. Oh, I like that song right there. Woo! Hey, I wonder if there's anybody that'd like to come to the altar. I don't care if you're a sinner, if you're a saint. Been here a hundred years, just showed up tonight. If you'd just like to walk to this altar and say, God, I want to enjoy some of those benefits of salvation on this side of salvation. On this side of eternal salvation.